Hello and welcome to the Road to Wellbeing. I'm Phil. And I'm Lawrence. And this is our second episode. Who'd have thought it? Absolutely. Our second episode. Great. And uh, I have got a very great friend joining us today. Um, All the way from Australia. All the way from Australia. She is drinking a nice coffee where it's nice and sunny. Over in Britain, it's very, very wet, windy and rainy. So I have got a nice scotch. It's past my bedtime. It is past your bedtime. So we, we, we better make haste. So then, Sue, would you like to introduce yourself? Come in Australia. Hi, I'm Sue. It's a beautiful Sunday morning in Australia. Beautiful. Lovely. Yes, absolutely. Just so you can rub our noses really in it, what's the temperature like in Australia at the moment? I think the top today is going to be about 23 degrees. Oh it's my a beautiful goodness. Day. Oh, doesn't it make We've had sick? snow this morning. Yes, we have had snow. It's, it's probably no more than a bit. It's probably not been... Any more than about, what, seven or eight degrees today? I don't think it's even hit that. I think no. it's three to four degrees. And also we've had high winds. And what's happened today, Lawrence? You well, just tell us. our garage door has decided it's going to now live in the garden rather than attached to the garage. We had that about three weeks ago. Really? Yeah, we had some oh. very wild winds. Oh, for goodness sake. It's just not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. I think we need to come over to Australia. I think we need to swap is what we need I to do. I think we do. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Oh, no, you come here. I've got spare bedrooms. We can fit you all in. Fabulous. We're on the <laughs> way. Just before we set off, <laughs> we're probably not let out of the country now. We could be on to a second lockdown, but anyway, we'll skip past that. Um, okay, Sue, so tell us our audience. How did, how did we meet? We met on a website, Overcoming Multiple Sclerosis, in about 2011, 2012, which year was it? Something like that. 2012. When we both got yeah. diagnosed. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So, so just just tell us a little bit about your lifestyle before and up to when you when you got diagnosed with MS. Right. I was working full time, working very hard. I weighed about 130 kilos. I did very little exercise. I was very tired. I ate very badly, and then I got MS. And it scared the living daylights out of me. All of a sudden, I couldn't work, couldn't walk very safely, felt massively nauseated and dizzy, like your very worst episode of being very, very drunk. Uh, remember the teenage ones where you just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of we had one of those last night, funny yeah. enough. <laughs> I lost my sight first in one eye and then in the other. I had numbness and paralysis down one side of my face. Oh, and there was more. I couldn't feel down one side of my body. Everything was out of kilter. And, you know, the proverbial had hit the fan well and truly. So really, I mean, not to put too fine a point on it, you, you were seriously sick. I was hospitalised twice for high-dose steroids, which uh, not a very fun experience, but certainly no. did help. Yeah. Uh, but it took months for everything to resolve. But the quickest resolution came, I think, after starting the MS, Overcoming MS program, and then mostly when I finally got my vitamin D level up to a reasonable level because that was low. So okay. I think that really sort of triggered in there, getting my eyesight back so I could go back to work. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, okay, so obviously a very frightening time for you. And I've, I've been exactly where, where you are. I, I had 
similar things to you. Um, I, I I don't think they were quite as serious as yours from what from what you said, but nonetheless, very very frightening time. Because obviously, you know, we both work in the in the health profession. So, what was your view of MS before you um, found overcoming MS? Well, that there was not much you could do about it. That you would become disabled. Uh, that you would get pressure sores, a catheter all sorts of horrible things, incontinence of both sides. Um, yeah, not a positive diagnosis in any way. No, absolutely. I was exactly the same as you were when when I was diagnosed. Um, obviously, working in the health profession, I had worked with people with MS. I had seen in the community uh, what it was like for some people to have MS and what they were going with daily, and that stuck in my head. Um, of course, like yourself, I know that you've got experience working in the community as well as, as a health professional. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. So That's you, you would have seen firsthand exactly what you could be dealing with, like, yeah. like my good self. Absolutely. Very, very frightening time. Um, I would probably say it was the most frightening time of my life. Uh, would you say the same thing? Well, yeah, it made you reevaluate absolutely everything because you did not know what lay ahead uh, no. and it, what might lie ahead was um, going to be quite different to what you thought would lie ahead for you sometime before. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So it's that whole different life, life change, isn't it? So it makes you reevaluate everything. And obviously before I found MS, OMS, sorry, like you, it was very much, oh my goodness, what lies ahead? Um, mm. And of course, I mean, I was, I, I, I don't know about you, but I was told that my outcome could be slightly better because mine was mainly sensory symptoms that I had. And I was already very fit. I was already running. I'd already done a couple of marathons and so forth. And so my neurologist said, possibly on the face of it, I wouldn't be that badly affected. But however, they didn't really know for certain. Were you were you told anything like that or? Well, it took quite a while to get to see a neurologist. Um, I was admitted to hospital before I saw a neurologist because my symptoms became so bad. I just couldn't cope at home and I really did need treatment. Um, and I saw the registrar and the resident and uh, then eventually I saw a specialist. Uh, he was quite nice, but uh, he was concerned about how active my MS was. And um, yeah, so I didn't see a private neurologist uh, of my choosing until oh, probably about a month after I'd been home from hospital. And even then, I didn't like him very much. <laughs> yes. I remember we've I've had conversations about this before. I, like. I know. Okay. I, unfortunately, we've got to keep this PG, so we can't go into how much you didn't like your first neurologist. But I, I've you've spoken to me about this in great length previously. Come <laughs> on, Lawrence. What are you going to so, say? So, uh, <laughs> so I just wanted to to ask um, how how long was it um, before you got your first symptoms um, before you were diagnosed? Was it quite a long period of time before they diagnosed you after first symptoms? I had I had shingles and then I sort of just never got well from that. Uh, and I progressively fell down a little, a large hole eventually, a little one, then a big one and a bigger one. 
And I think I got the shingles sometime in November and I was in hospital just before Christmas twice in the sort of the beginning and uh, later part of December. Basically, they that counted as two relapses, really, yeah. all in the space of about six weeks. Yeah, Two relapses in the spell of six weeks by anyone's estimation is, is, is certainly telling me as a health professional that your MS was really quite active. Yeah. A- absolutely, yeah. two separate relapses. So it's not... It's not a relapse of existing symptoms it's got new symptoms following on from the the relapse a couple of months ago is 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 that a fair assessment oh yes yeah first one eye then the other um yeah i you know improved a bit with the first course of steroids but i you know, mm. got worse again yeah so yeah yeah and just very quickly just to mention um what's it I, I, I don't want to worry anybody and I don't want to scare anybody off, but but what was it like receiving high-dose methylprednisolone? Um, it just, it, it actually improved things yeah. because you feel so damn sick. You know, that's mm. you know, the state that you get to by the time they give you that, that you improve and you think, oh, my goodness, I feel better. But also you get very manic. Yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. And I'm fairly manic already. So you can imagine me being on methyl pred. <laughs> my goodness gracious. I know. Absolutely. So, OK, so you've obviously received the diagnosis. You know it could be fairly damning. You know MS is quite active. You've had two separate relapses. Um, you've had, did you have two lots of methyl pred? Is that right? Is that what you just said? I did. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, you know, on the face of it, things perhaps don't look terribly good. So how did you find overcoming MS? I still had a little bit of sight left around the edge of my eyes after the methyl prednisolone. And I was just in bed uh, like I am at the moment. Confessions, confessions. It's nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, (laughs) Doing something like I am at the moment, looking at the web of things that might help MS, uh, learning what I could about it. and came across OMS and started to read about that. And because it's evidence-based and not Boulder Dash type advertising type, look at me, look at me type website, it's... uh, caught my attention and I read further and I read further and more and more and more and I thought right this is worth trying yeah and when was this this was was, I think it was about the third second or third of January because I know that the fourth of January was my son's birthday and the last piece of crap that I ate was his birthday cake on that day really wow (laughs) my goodness after that the fifth of January I stuck to the OMS. Yeah, and was that was that a hard decision for you uh, to to pick up the no. the OMS no. plan? No, <laughs> no. And I mean, I didn't want to get into that wheelchair. I really no, didn't. Absolutely. And were you? Uh, you've you've talked a little bit about the fact that you weren't as active as you are now before your diagnosis. Were you eating a lot of a lot of rubbish and a lot of sort of high saturated oh, fats before? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, um, without putting too much pressure pressure on you, Sue, and only if you feel you're able, can you give us a kind of a rough idea of what you're eating? Oh, probably lots of cheese, uh, lots of takeaways, because the fatter you are and the harder you work, the less energy you have when you get home. So you're going to put together very quick, unhealthy meals. In fact, it's, it's probably a large part of the standard Australian diet is junk. 
Yeah. Right. Really? Well, you yeah. think that's the story everywhere. Absolutely. Though, you see, I always thought, perhaps naively, that you you guys in Australia probably ate more healthily than we do over in the West, but is that a bit of a fallacy? Nah. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Definitely a fallacy. Yeah. Right. We're like the Americans. We eat crap. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, we, we've got... Immigrants come to this country and learn to eat junk. Yeah. <laughs> they get and, and it, I'm forever it, seeing immigrant it's... families in my job and saying, do not eat Australian food. Stick to your cultural origins. <laughs> really? Oh, my goodness. Their culturally original food is much more healthy. Yeah. Because it's, it's always weather for barbecues. That's what the problem is. <laughs> but it's quite strange, isn't it, that, that there is quite a bit of evidence to suggest that people from areas where perhaps MS doesn't exist that often as it perhaps does in Australia or over in the West, so in Japan, and so lots of fish, no dairy, um, uh, no um, processed food, if they move to an area that perhaps does have high dairy, high processed food, the chances of them developing MS goes up. Have, have you heard that before? I have heard that via George Jelinek's uh, research, but I think the other difference between a Western diet and some other cultures is they eat a bigger range of foods. Mm. Um, in Japan, they eat absolutely everything, you know, and I think that is key to it's I don't think it's just saturated fat and omitting meat uh, in um the success of diet in treating illness. It's eating a very broad range of vegetables and large quantities of those. I think there's some sort of malnutrition that goes on uh, because of our very funny diets that have evolved over time in Western society. Okay, so let's jump to when did you start seeing a difference with what you were eating starting to correlate with how you're feeling? Um, well, I noticed immediately that my blood sugar stabilised. I wasn't getting these highs and lows. Uh, not that I measure my blood sugar, but you can feel it when you get very hungry. Uh, but that, that stopped happening because um, they must have been a low, lower glycemic index food, basically, kept you going for longer. I'd be absolutely ravenous by mid-morning, uh, usually. But if you have a breakfast of, say, oats, um, uh, you, you're going to manage that a lot better than if you don't eat anything or you just have um, a coffee with sugar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. Or in my old days, a coffee with sugar and a, f and a cigarette, of course, was and just, yeah. yes, yeah, yes, absolutely. And it was a cigarette that made it really, you know. Um, oh, yeah. First one of the day. First one of the day. The first 10 of the day in my case, it was terrible. But anyway, we won't go down that route now. That'll be for another session. So... Um, so when did you think that, okay, this is starting to have an, an effect on my MS? When did you think that perhaps your MS had, had stabilised or things were starting to feel a bit better? I got to the retreat at the Gawler Foundation sometime in March of that year. So having started OMS in January, I got to the retreat in March. And um, by that time, my sight had recovered quite a lot. Um, I was still quite big, but I had lost some weight. Um, and I think that, that was, it was after that that I really got my vitamin D level up high because I learned a bit more at the retreat about how to do it. And I learned meditation as well. And then I started to feel much better. And then I got back to work because my sight came back. And 
Then I started walking um, off more often because I could without falling over. <laughs> <laughs> Does help. <laughs> and weight started to drop off me. I went from 130 kilos down to about 80 over the course of 12 months. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So, that is yeah. amazing. That is amazing. That really is. I mean, that doesn't happen too often, really, does it? I mean, let's be honest. Well, it's nice when it does. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course, absolutely, because, you know, if you start to look better, you start to feel better, and your confidence starts starts going up, doesn't it? Yeah, um, physically and mentally, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I know that when I... I mean, I've, al- I've always liked exercise from probably about the age of 21, 22. Yeah. So when I stopped smoking, I thought, I've got to, I've got to start exercising. And when you start noticing a difference and noticing that in actual fact that the fatty gut that I had is, is you can start to see perhaps a, a bit more of, of, of a tone there. It, it, it makes you feel so much better. And when people say, hey, you've lost weight and, you, and you're looking good. It, it's not just about the way you look, though, and feeling confident. You actually feel happier. Yeah. yeah. Exercise makes you happy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay, so you mentioned you went on a retreat. So just explain to us, for, for a lot of people who don't know what a retreat is, what, what is what is a retreat? Well, there's, it's like a school holiday camp. You're in a dormitory with oh, well, sort of a bedroom of about six people, all of whom have MS and all of whom are interested in doing something about it. Um, and there's various bedrooms of six people, men and women, not all in the same bedroom, obviously. <laughs> And uh, you get to know each other quite well. You have, uh, by the end of the retreat, you're having a lot of laughter at bedtime. It's like holiday camp, as a school <laughs> camp as a kid. <laughs> and you learn to meditate. You get uh, served a lot of very different foods that you might never have tried before. All low-fat, vegetarian, vegan foods. Um, and you learn a lot about the OMS program, the science behind it, the reasons, the research. Uh, resources um it's, it basically gives you a suitcase to take home of things to help you mm, great oh fantastic which really doesn't really fit <coughs> with the way that ms works does it you know because for 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 a few days you've been shown very positive <coughs> steps that you can do to help to help control or combat the ms i mean i guess i suppose one thing i should say is that everybody everybody's ms is different and everybody reacts differently to how how you cope with diet and lifestyle. So what I mean by that is is that if you have someone perhaps with a bit of disability already, they perhaps will get on top of slowing the disability even more, but perhaps not totally overcome it. Whereas you started going to a retreat fairly on in your MS diagnosis. So do you think you had do you think you had the best chance of actually helping yourself rather than letting the MS get worse? I think the earlier you get into this, the better your prognosis. I think the better your ability to eat plenty, like lots and lots of different vegetables, uh, the better your prognosis. I think people who have di- poor appetites also have a worse prognosis. This is just a personal opinion. Mm. Uh, but I think unless you get all those different vegetables in, you're probably on the back foot. So basically, the key thing is try everything. Try all veggies, all fruits, would you say? 
every day, lots and lots. So if you're not eating meat, you're not eating dairy, you've got room for, you know, lots of things. Yeah. You, know, you can get stuck into a bunch of this or a, a <laughs> half a kilo <laughs> of that. There's not much, ca- you can eat and eat and eat on this program uh, and not get fat. <laughs> yes. Sounds like the dream. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, my experience is very is very close to yours. Is that you know I was very much like you eating all sorts of veggies, all sorts of fruit, you know, wide range of different veggies. I mean, certainly one hot tip I know of of certainly getting plenty of veggies into you is to buy a a ready cut up stir fry. So it, all it is 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 veggies totally cut up, and you just steam it. And that that I mean that's great. It's it's quick. Um, it is like fast food, but it's very healthy. You know, all you've got to do is steam it so you don't fry it. And if you want to put soy sauce on it, great. And it, it tastes just the same as any stir fry you've ever had. Probably be better. Yeah. Pa- perhaps better in your own in your own head because you're thinking, in actual fact, this hasn't got any of the normal fats that you would associate with a stir fry. It's not been fried and there's no meat in it, mm. so it's going to do me good. Yeah. It is going to do you good, but I've got a little bit of a snob with my veggies. If they cu- don't need to be peeled don't peel them frozen doesn't taste as good as fresh no fresh is very much more tasty uh, and you need to enjoy your food immensely it makes you happy and yeah. happiness is very good for your health absolutely no absolutely i totally agree is there's no point starting a lifestyle if you're not going to be happy is there you, know? you can decide to be happy absolutely and it's making positive steps isn't it so let's fast forward to where you are now so how's your ms now so the same as it was after recovery from all the symptoms i developed I, I still have you know the residual symptoms from the original damage which will never go away there's one side of my face here is slightly different to that side if you look closely enough i still am a bit clumsy <laughs> you should see me trying but oh my god that's a laugh <laughs> um, you haven't seen dad try and do zumba no you haven't <laughs> oh look you can improve at these things if you're persistent and i'm very stubborn what else i can't do multitasking oh for god's sake don't talk to me while i'm driving do not talk to me at all while I'm trying to reverse really? the car. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Do you know what? We've got quite Sounds a bit of quite familiar. Yeah, it does sound very familiar, doesn't it? Yeah. Don't talk to me when I'm in a position where I might fall over. I'm trying to concentrate yeah. about yeah, how I'm going to get from here to there without falling over. Otherwise, it's your fault I fell over. Look what you made me do. Yes, yes. This is sounding very familiar, isn't it? I yeah. can't. Who else is like that? I can't imagine. No, I can't. No, either. no, absolutely. I tell you, my biggest one is is that I can park the car in the car park, yeah. and I go in to do the shopping, and I come out, and I've got no idea where the car is. I cannot, for the life of me, take you to where the car is. How many times have you got in somebody else's car? Oh, once or twice. <laughs> the worst thing is they were unlocked. They're unlocked. Honestly, I'm not joking, Sue. I've got into someone else's car, tried to put my keys in the ignition, shut the door and thinking, this isn't my car. I mean, our car's blue for a start. and Yeah. I don't think any of they were. No. I mean, the other thing the is... But I, I, I mean, what a muppet! But um, I, I, I must also I must also say that I am colour blind anyway. Yeah. So looking at different colours, so um, ascertaining what colours which. So if you said to me, "Oh, uh, what do you think to this colour car or that colour car?" I won't be able to tell you very much about it. Well, you know the difference between a blue and a red one. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shut up, Lawrence. We'll move on now. <laughs> 
Okay, so you still have some residual symptoms, but would you say your MS is still as active as it was? No, good no. God, no. It's been 10 years now. Yeah. Uh, it's the same as it was 10 years ago after mm-hmm. recovery from those two relapses. I get tired. Uh, that's yeah, But I'm ageing. I'm in my early 60s. I'm 62 um, and a half. You don't look 62. <laughs> even even uh, in this state of uh, array. <laughs> now, obviously, we, we have to just mention that we can see Sue. There's, there's nothing going on. We can see Sue, but you can't see her. And I can say that Sue looks very young. She's not aged at all. I've known her for 10 years and she's not aged one little bit. And and the one thing I must say is is that I've got a lot to thank Sue for because when I first, first started uh, overcoming MS, how, how scared do you think I was on the scale of zero to 10? Oh, probably nine and a half. Yeah. <laughs> or 11. Maybe 11. Probably, yeah, probably 11. 11. Yes. Yeah. And, and yes. And uh, how often did I talk to you about, is this going to work? And I'm not feeling very good. And I'm very anxious. And am I going to end up in yeah. a wheelchair? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think there was a group of us and we all tended to support each other. And yeah. when you you get a newcomer like you, who's absolutely peeing himself with fear <laughs> we know that we know we felt that as well and you can support them and say hey look yeah, it yeah. is all going to be all right this does seem to work just stick with it keep going um and you will be all right and you have been yeah yes i think you've got your your bad health uh, your relapse to blame for a severe febrile illness called COVID. I think that's what happened to you. <laughs> well, yes, absolutely. I mean, it wasn't pleasant. I just avoided going to hospital. It wasn't nothing to do with the MS. It was the asthma that that was really bad in the breathing. And yeah, it was a it was a difficult year for one way or another. But the funny thing is, is that now back to how I was pre-relapse and it's happened really Good. quickly. Shortly before I fell down a pothole and broke my foot, I was running 10 miles again. I've just done seriously heavy weights where I've been lifting over my body weight and I've, I've just done that before I came on to you so you know it can't be all bad can it well no we've, we've both done you know, a lot of things that will help our general health never mind the MS it's you know all of the things we do on this program mm. are great for everybody um, yeah. Yeah. if you've got a relative who's diagnosed with MS and he's going to go on to this program the whole family will benefit from doing the same yeah. yeah. Hey, Lawrence. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. we've, we've talked yeah, about Lawrence. it. Yeah, Lawrence. Now, okay, so how's your diet, Lawrence? Come on. Yeah. Tell our fans how you are. Oh, <laughs> what did I have for dinner? What did you have for what dinner? What did I have what for was dinner? was it? <clears throat> burger. <coughs> it was in a burger form. Yeah, burger? Was... No, it, what, you never had a burger, did you? <laughs> no. No, don't I'll, be I'll daft. No, so, okay, so we might have somebody listening to this who has... has we never, might have somebody listening to this. We might have somebody listening to this. We might have another listener listening to this who has just been really recently diagnosed with MS and doesn't know where to turn. What would your advice be to them? Well, I mean, it, it, sorry, just to, but it Go applies on. to absolutely any chronic illness, I think. Well, I think it probably does, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, yes. I mean, one thing, the other thing I better say is that, you know, I am not trained in nutrition. You know, I have got a health background, but I'm not a nutritionalist. However, you know, there's a lot of research around to say that diet and lifestyle has a significant place in the way that chronic disease progresses. More than anything, I'm sure. I mean, would would you would you agree? 
Oh, definitely. I think all of the things that people uh, say help. Look, there's all these different programs uh, for MS, for this uh, illness, for that illness. As George often points out, George Jelinek, uh, they all have a couple of things in common. Lots mm. of fresh vegetables and fruit, mm. absence of dairy. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Mm. OK, so um, do you have any final words for us, Sue? Any final words of encouragement? Final words of encouragement are, look, just have a go. Have yeah. a go. It's not yeah. going to kill you. It's going to make you feel better. It's going to make you feel better. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to make you feel better. Yeah, quite. OK, Sue, well, thank you so much for coming along. You, you have been such a good friend. I can't tell you how much I love Sue. She is just beautiful. She supported me so much and uh, laughs at all my rude jokes on Facebook, which is just a blessing. <laughs> two of a kind Phil. absolutely <laughs> and we've become great friends and it's been so positive out of out of total adversity out of you know being diagnosed with a with with a really potentially nasty condition you know we've met and it's turned into such a positive experience um i don't know about you sue but i would i would look on ms as a gift when i first heard george saying that when i first got diagnosed i thought he was nuts but but what what would you say I would say it is a gift. Uh, anything that makes you learn is a gift. Yeah. Um, and we learned a lot in 10 years. Absolutely. And awful by the adversity that you go through. You you look, you make, look at the world differently. Yeah, definitely. Um, I might just add, funny enough, that um, Olivia Newton-John, who is a fellow Aussie like yourself, uh, although we claim her as, as British first, obviously, you know, for the first five years, she was ours. Um, but she she now says that she looks on breast cancer as a gift and and she follows, I believe, a plant based diet and she tries lots of different herbs, lots of different plants and she's thriving with it. I would suggest people also read the China study. That is a very interesting observational, right. very readable mm. observational study worth knowing right. about and knowing what's in it. Make your own opinion about what they observe. But um, yeah, very informative. We'll leave it there. Yes, we will do. Okay, folks, thank you so much for listening.